You know, it seems like every year there is more and more discussion about lowering the legal limit, the legal breath alcohol limit for operating a vehicle. Once again, we have proposed legislation where an attorney, or not an attorney, a, a state legislator, wants to get up there and reduce it from 0.08 to 0.05. I've practiced as a DUI defense attorney for 15 years. I've represented thousands of individuals with regard to DUI. I've represented two people that were involved in DUIs regarding fatalities. I've represented probably fewer than 50 people with regard to DUIs and serious car accidents. And I've represented a host of people who were simply pulled over for traffic violations. In other words, people who were operating their vehicles just fine, but for the fact that you know they had a taillight out or they ran a stop sign or something along those lines. What is being proposed now is that when people are pulled over, that they're going to be looking at their breath alcohol content to make sure it's even lower than it was before. But the communication from the government is still the same. The communication from the government is still have a drink and then drive because you're, it's a .05 limit. Well, folks, anytime the government tells you to go ahead and have a drink and then drive, they are setting a trap for you. And the reason I say they're setting a trap for you is because they're actually enforcing a .00 standard. How do I know this? Well, I know it the same way you know it. If you go out and you have a drink and it's 1130 at night and you get pulled over when you're driving home, what's the first thing the officer's going to ask you? He's not going to ask if you're over .08 or under the new law, .05. He's simply going to ask if you've been drinking. And think about this. It's not against the law, not even under this new legislation, to have a drink and then drive. So why is the officer asking you if you've been drinking? Why is he asking you if you have done something that is considered completely legal, not even just legal, but encouraged by virtue of the fact that 0.05 or 0.08 allows for people to consume alcohol and then drive? Well, the reason he's asking you that question is because that's where he's starting. That's where he's starting his investigation. And without that question... He doesn't have the ability to move the investigation from one phase to the other. And the whole point of his investigation is to move it to the point where he can accuse you of DUI. And so that's why he's going to have you, you know, the first thing he's going to do is he's going to stop you, obviously. Then he's going to come to your vehicle. You're going to put your window down. And he is then going to ask you, have you been drinking? If you say yes then the investigation continues. If you say no, but he smells alcohol, then the investigation continues. Once he continues the investigation, the next thing he's going to ask you to do is to step out of the vehicle and perform the standardized field sobriety tests. 
Now, remember, this has nothing to do with whether or not you're actually in violation of the law. You're going to get asked to step out of the vehicle and perform those standardized field sobriety tests every time. And the courts have allowed it repeatedly. The courts have repeatedly said that the odor of alcohol is sufficient to expand the scope of the investigation. Regardless of the fact that it's legal to have the odor of alcohol on you. So then he gets out. He has you do the field sobriety test. Most people, I hope not people who listen to this podcast, but most people will do them simply because they're asked. Folks, let me encourage you right now, and I'll always encourage you this. Don't do the field sobriety tests. There's no penalty for it, and there's absolutely nothing that can be gained by it. So just don't do it. When they ask you to do the field sobriety test, simply say no. Don't be rude about it. Just say no. I'm not going to do the field sobriety test. Well, but we'd like you to do these so we know if you're capable of driving a vehicle. They've already asked you to get out. So they don't believe that you're capable of driving the vehicle. And in very rare circumstances, can you perform sufficiently so that they're going to put you back in that vehicle? After the field sobriety tests, that's when this issue of 0.05 or 0.08 comes up. Because here's where they're going to have you submit to a chemical breath test. And the reason that they're doing a chemical breath test and not a chemical blood test, first and foremost, is because it's less expensive. It's less expensive for the police to ask you to do a breath test on a machine that they've already purchased in many instances, years ago than it is to have them take your blood and have it tested down at the state lab. If your breath alcohol content comes back after you've performed one of these tests above 0.08, then you are in violation of every state's per se DUI law. Because every state in the country says 0.08 or higher, you're in violation. That's a DUI under every state's circumstances. And it doesn't have anything to do with how well you did on those standardized field sobriety tests. Because that's what's called a per se violation. Everybody, no matter how well they hold their liquor, is in violation of DUI law if they're above 0.08. But if you... Can, 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 you know, if you're a regular drinker and you can drink up to 0.08 or even up to 0.10 or 0.12 and have no effects, no physiological effects, which is possible, then there's absolutely no reason for you to be kept off the road. And now what they're trying to do is they're trying to lower that from 0.08 to 0.05. Well, I'm going to suggest to you that part of the reason that they are trying to do that is because there's been a movement across the country, and I'd like to think that I've led the movement, because we have started suing cities and police officers, or police officers and cities, who write people DUIs when they're not guilty of DUIs. We've brought lawsuits against them because of the financial, the devastating impact that a wrongful DUI has when somebody's not actually guilty of that crime. And essentially what we've said is that if it doesn't reach the standard, and and I need to back up here, the second standard 
for DUI usually has something to do with whether or not they're incapable of operating the vehicle safely or in Texas under the influence of intoxicating vapors. Um, Every state has a different standard. Um, In Utah, the standard is whether or not somebody is incapable of operating the vehicle safely. Even if you're at .03, but you get into an accident and you're obviously incapable of operating the vehicle safely, you can still be considered guilty of DUI. But if you are capable of operating the vehicle safely, or if you have operated the vehicle safely, which would then make you at least capable of it, and you're not over .08, then how can you be DUI? Well, folks... That's precisely the case that I'm, I've got two of these cases right now. One out in Tooele County with the Utah Highway Patrol. Probably giving you too much detail there, so this may never air. But in that instance, my client's breath alcohol content was .00. They arrested him, impounded his truck, took him to jail. He spent the, spent the night gets out the next morning and after he gets out he's got to go about the process of finding his truck that take took him several hours because he's not from here he was driving through had to get another hotel night had to miss work for the second day from where he was actually going to and we've brought this lawsuit and we've got this lawsuit in front of the judge and you know what the judge has ruled so far The judge has ruled so far that the officer unlawfully expanded the scope of the investigation because there was no odor of alcohol and because the officer seemed to have an obvious incentive to write a DUI. Well, folks, this is an anomalous case. There's no question about it. These things don't happen very often. Now, I'm not real pleased with this podcast, but I am real pleased with how it's gone and my voice, so I won't be airing this one, but I might be sending it out to some folks to have a listen to it. So, thank you for your time. Take care.